0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys! Yes! Go Cowboys! This, this, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Live. Streaming live from Dallas Cowboys training camp in Oxnard, California. Caller, streak's in, streak streak in, in, touchdown! Has second. Prescott keeps it! Yes! And he bangs it into the touchdown! And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda and Kyle Yeomans.
1: It is a Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys, as we welcome you in to the SWBC podcast studio at the Star in Frisco. As training camp continues, the padded practices are now in the books. And now we've got one more preseason game to look forward to. Isaiah Stanback is excited about the preseason game. That's right. He'll be in the booth. On Saturday, In the boof. as they take on Las Vegas, 7 p.m. Central Time kickoff. We have John Machota from the Athletic. We have Nick Harris of DallasCowboys.com. I'm Kyle Yomis. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Swell.
2: Gotta turn you up a little bit, though. Turn me up. Fantastic.
1: I need to be louder. Fantastic. I feel like that's the first time I've ever had to be told to be louder. <laughs> ever. That's a compliment. Yeah. Usually, or usually, I'm I'm pretty vocal. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah, it is your job, rather. Yeah, yeah. Somebody told me on Saturday to to not talk as much. I'm not going to tell you who, but somebody Isaiah told me needs
3: that. help. It looks like. Uh oh. Yes, okay. You I good? Can
1: hear you. I can hear you. You're right next to me, so we're good.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I found it. We're good.
1: John, how are you doing today?
4: I'm good. I got I got a little complaint here that maybe you guys will disagree with me on, Uh-oh. but do you think these practices have been as exciting these last two as the ones in Oxnard? Am I off on this? I just. When I'm watching them, and maybe it's because we're not allowed to take pictures or video, <laughs> so maybe that, that is it for me, but there's only been like... A handful of really wow plays to me over the, these two these last two practices which are the ones that were going to be the most interesting with pads on and stuff like am I wrong on that am I missing out where it, it honestly wouldn't
5: surprise me after what happened to Tyron last year during yeah. this week and then also coming off of the injuries that happened on Saturday maybe there was a conversation had before the week like hey let's just let's let's let's,
4: let's take it easy this week the <laughs> let's other let part,
5: the twos and threes really get it going
4: the other, part, <laughs> the other part with me too it's kind of a weird comparison but So, um, like, if you watch a game at Globe Life Uh with the roof open and the roof closed, to me, it's two different things. Like, when the roof is closed and there's all that dead time in between pitches, like, you feel like you can hear somebody talking, like, over on the other side of, of the entire, you know, stadium. Sure. But when the roof's open, there's, like, some more natural noise and things like that. So, at training camp, I feel like you're outside and there's a little bit of that. And so, but when you're back inside and there's really no music... I just feel like sometimes it drags from a spectator standpoint, you know, because obviously, like, I don't know if you people listening probably heard this, like Mike McCarthy's not big on playing a bunch of music like mm-hmm. that was always big. Like Jason Garrett used to always play a ton of music to the point where, like, I've had some of my videos taken down because in the background of the video is like a Drake song or something like that. It's, it's copyright. copyright, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so that part of it is fine, whatever. But I just, there, I don't know. Just For me personally, it just doesn't seem like there's as much juice as maybe there was out in Oxnard. Not the juice. You're yeah, not missing valid. the juice. Yeah, I, think, I think you're right. I really do. And it's not like
1: the, they're not getting quality work yet. Right. It's just not the oh, same. The players level. seem
4: to, they're probably fine with that. I'm just saying from a yeah. spectator standpoint. From
1: just a fan standpoint yeah. and watching it. I think they need to get like the drum line in there. You know, <laughs> yeah. the, the rhythm and blues, get the drum line going, maybe bring it up a little yeah. bit. I'm sure we could find a way to get that done but yeah it is it is a little interesting and uh, of course they've got one more open practice today at one thirty central time uh in, inside Ford center but i, I don't it's more, more so a walkthrough right nick I yeah as, as far as yeah. i'm concerned yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. not really even a, a get up and go padded practice it's more of a walkthrough so did you did you like listening to music at practice or would you rather just get down the business
2: no i love the music and the reason and our reason why i believe most coaches opt to use music nowadays is because the crowd noise mm. so you become accustomed to working under those conditions right and whenever you're ever going to play and it's going to be quiet it's not a thing so making sure that you have noise background noise always constantly going on and your ability to be able to think and still produce uh, i think that's the reason why most coaches go that route so now you this. wanted it as loud music. turn it up
5: you know who loves mike mccarthy arguably more than anyone on this planet those house
4: owners right there in Oxnard.
5: Oh yeah, <laughs> in the morning. for sure.
4: Well, I mean, I'll it's tell you, two just,
5: songs and they're done. I, I'll tell you That's what, it. that the
4: Ford Center can can really turn it up because oh, yeah. there's been yeah. some times during the season where before they let us in. Uh, to see the, a certain port- portion of practice, they'll have the crowd noise cranked up, you know. And there's obviously not a fan in there, just the team, and I. And it's amazing how loud that they can turn it up if they need to to make you feel like you know you're you know to prepare you for a road environment. Mm-hmm. So I know what those speakers are capable of doing, and so maybe that's why I'm also a little disappointed they're not taking advantage of that.
1: That's fair. Uh, I, I that throws me back to like 2020. 2021 training camp right when it was kind of covidly distant still yes. and you, kind of, you they were just cranking the crowd yeah. noise even though there really wasn't going to be a crowd in 2020 but yeah. then in 21 they knew there were going to be crowds mm-hmm. so they wanted to crank it and they wanted to push it uh but that was that was such an odd time yeah. goodness. but were they allowed to pump in artificial noise in 2020 in stadiums, during games? Yes. No.
5: No? Okay. I didn't. Uh, okay. I n-
1: during practice, that. you can do whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: I was, I was saying stadiums. Yeah,
1: during – right? I, I'm trying to think. There was no artificial noise If there in was, it might have been very, very little. It was off. faint. You know, yeah. Chris Beam said there's not, so there gotcha. you go. Uh, all right. Based off of what you've seen in practices, you guys got the broadcast on, on Tuesday, Isaiah. What were some of the standouts and some of the things that you took away from when the Cowboys returned to Ford Center?
2: I don't think there was anything that really stood out. Um, it was just more of the same. I mean, guys just continue to try to get reps. I think paid a little bit more attention to the offensive line and kind of the cupid shuffle that's going on there for the second-string guys and third-string guys, uh, trying to figure out who's going to fill what roles should somebody ever, you know, obviously cross your fingers, somebody have to step away from the game for a second for whatever reason. Um, but I think just trying to see who's going to really be those six, seven, eight offensive of lineman that's really a lot of my question marks right now aside from the linebacker position
1: yeah linebacker position I mean Marquise Bell rotating down kind of taking some snaps they've used Wanye Thomas in a couple different areas John what did you see in terms of how they're trying to adjust now that both Malik Jefferson and Marvin and Overshown are going to miss some time
4: yeah you see more Marquise Bell trying to help out there a little bit more at linebacker um and then it's pretty obvious that Devin Harper and Jabril Cox are now your your they're the twos behind Damone Clark and Leighton Vanderesh Esch, um, but even in that, I mean, I can't say that anything really stood out from there. And even in like individual plays, I'm just thinking of the last two days. Like there was the one go ball that Dak threw up at the right sideline to Brandon Cooks, mm-hmm. and it was a nice ball because he put it in between uh, Gilmore and Jaron Curse. So it's you know good on good. So those those always stand out to me. And then there was the one where. We don't get to see Dak with a ton of time, just because I always feel like in most of these, when it's ones versus ones, it's either Lawrence or Parsons closing in. But he had some time yesterday, and he had uh, CD on that deep ball up near, like, where he actually had enough time to come across the field and hit him on the deep ball up on the left side. And then the one one other play was with uh, Schoonmaker in the back of the end zone yesterday, working with Greer. Just a nice one-handed grab, and just getting a chance to talk to Schoonmaker the other day after practice, like says that there's not really any pain in the foot he's been working out trying to build up the strength around it and seems like he's in position to where he can contribute and so for maybe people listen to this that's not that big of a deal but I think everyone has different perspectives on things and I was kind of wondering like is this going to be a thing where he's just got to play through pain for a while is it ever going to come back uh to where he's fully healthy this season like how long is this gonna be a nagging thing that we're talking about all year so it seems like he's you know ascending heading it heading in the right direction I guess yeah he's really starting to set confidence too.
5: Uh, they're integrating him more and more every day that passes and even in this past uh, preseason game I think we may have touched on it on the last show but designed third down plays to him where he's picking mm-hmm. up the first down even on the play that John Stevens got hurt that was probably his biggest design towards him and so they're definitely trying to integrate him as much as possible but as far as like the last two days yeah that Dak ball to Brandon Cooks definitely stood out there was a play from I believe it was Cooper Rush to Simi Fajoko down mm-hmm. the left sideline oh, yesterday that was big time um and and I think it's going to be interesting going into this last week with the Simi Fajoko Jalen Brooks insert anyone else in that conversation as well battle um and and Will Greer said yesterday that Jalen Cropper's really starting to stack some good days again after he started camp really strong and I I think he could have a big game on Saturday too especially if Tolbert's
4: out I was a little surprised that they didn't give Aubrey any opportunities in like a mojo moment thing with having some fans in the crowd and stuff like that I just I know he just hasn't had that many opportunities, even in the games, you know, like I think we had talked about at the end of the game in Seattle, he had a chance that could have probably brought him out for a 45 yard field goal. Yep. I don't know. They might just feel a lot more comfortable about the situation than maybe I do and some yeah. fans do. But I thought during one of those mojo moments the last few days, because they've had the fans, I was thinking like maybe they would try and get the fans get loud and yeah. put them in a pressure type situation. But I
1: know we were sitting in the booth on Tuesday and, and they were in the middle of a mojo moment and it was thunder, thunder, thunder. And yeah. they were running on the field and it was kind of the, the rush deal. And I thought they would do it a couple times. Yeah. They did it once. Yeah. He knocked it through, but it was like a 29-yarder. Yeah. It was a super short field yeah. goal. And the, the crowd really didn't get into it a yeah. whole lot at that point. I was saying to, to Nick in the booth, I was like, man, if I'm John Fossil and I've got the microphone and the heads, headset put up, I'm, I'm trying to get the crowd hype before every snap. Like, <clears throat> all right, guys, like you've got 6,000 people in the is, building.
4: All you got to do is put on the right song. Come on. And everybody will get into it. <laughs> get but into it a little it's bit. It's about if you want to do that or not. What song are you putting on? Oh, don't Ooh. put me on the spot here. Um, let me get back. Get we'll, back to it. On all right. We'll, yeah, we'll we think about we it. We'll, we'll start the second segment. <laughs> it might be it. different for me than it will be for other people.
1: But, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Mumford and Sons. No, yeah. no, little, no, no, little, no, 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 It's Fast no. Car by Luke Combs. Please. That's what's coming on. That's Isaiah's <laughs> playlist. So we've, we've heard a couple different times offensive line, and we've talked a lot about the offensive line on this show, whether it was out in Oxnard or now that we're back here in Frisco, and you've talked about the revolving door mm-hmm. and – the lack of continuity, and it continues to kind of show itself. Tuesday was a rough practice for the offensive line. It felt yeah. like every play, to John's point earlier, it was Demarcus Lawrence, it was Sam Williams, it was uh, Micah Parsons getting in the backfield, and Dak Prescott was under pressure constantly. Yesterday, it felt like they took a step forward a little bit. Is that encouraging enough, Nick, to, to wear... You can say, I know it's only one practice, but you're seeing a bit of improvement even with the extra reps that have been added in.
5: Yeah, but I I need to see consistency. That's the biggest thing. Like One good day does nothing for me. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're Micah Parsons or Josh Ball or whoever on this roster, um, you you got to stack good days. Because when you need a reliable offensive line option, whenever that problem or issue does arise during the season, then you need consistency. You need that reliability. I think there are there are a couple of intriguing options right now, um, especially if we can get through at least ten weeks before having to really tap into that depth. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a long goal. time. That's Nick. the goal I'm shooting for. I know, I know it's a long time. That's the goal I'm shooting for though, and I because I think by that time, rookie Awesome Richards he'll have completely settled in by that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether he can come in at left tackle or left guard, uh, T.J. Bass. I know we were talking about it, and we'll probably talk about it more on Monday. Uh, I think. He's very close to making this team. And, mm. and if he can stack good confidence, then, you know, maybe there's a right guard option there as well. Um, there, and then you got guys like Willetsko, Farniok. I, I think those guys just need time this year. Get back used to playing with their guys and um, rotating in when they can. But I, I I don't feel great about the consistency or reliability right now, even if they did have a good day yesterday.
2: Yeah, I don't like the fact that none of us can sit here right now and, and say who number six should be. Yeah. Who would your number six be? Depends on who goes down. Well, right now. Right now, who's your number six? I mean, that's what I'm saying. It depends on who goes down. If it, I mean, if we're at the tackle position, then you're back to shuffling chairs around. Well, mm-hmm. my you question
5: gotta... would be, if left tackle goes down, then do you you're... move Tyler out and put in a left guard, or who do you put at left tackle?
2: Yeah, you have to put bump Tyler out. I mean, that's that's automatic. That's what I mean. It, it's it, got to be. Yeah, you now you're back to the, the musical chair. So you yeah. bump Tyler Tyler Smith out, and then you're inserting who? Farniak? Yeah. Bass? Like... Richard slide him down I mean like you don't know and yeah. like I'm saying because
4: yeah. you don't know I got the bubble guts
2: my know? number mm. I don't
4: even think my number six on this is on the team right now yeah like, I like and, and now when I'm gonna say this name I'm not saying this player don't do it and I'm not saying that <laughs> the return that on investment they got from this player but I'm saying something along the lines of how they went and got Jason Peters no, mm. but I'm not saying uh, J- Jason Peters isn't coming back I'm not saying sure. that but I'm saying that getting a player from another team that you're like, hey. You had been a starter in the league for this amount of time. We need you to be our swing tackle. Sure thing. You know, that's the type of thing. Sure thing. Yeah.
2: Right, a sure thing. Something that you could rest your head on. You're not completely satisfied with it, but you're like, you know what? At least I know he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I know that he's capable of handling the opposition. I don't feel as if. Any of us at this table right now feel like we can put our finger on anybody right now in the backup in the backup role
4: that can step into the fold. If something happened at practice today, we would all be sitting up here like, oh, crap. I'll tell you who my player is if we're going to talk about somebody that's not on the roster. It's somebody that was at training camp for a day. And I know he doesn't want to come back, but it's Andrew Whitworth. Because he has that Micah (laughs) Parsons, he could easily be a guy that comes in and and you're not asking him to like play right away. But he even said when we were out there talking to him the one day that yeah, that ship's kind of sailed because he promised his family like after they won the Super Bowl with the Rams, he was done. There's actually a really cool NFL Films video of him with his like kids around him. Yeah, after the game over, Tom like Daddy's gonna be around or whatever like that. But when I saw him out at practice. I was like, man, that's the perfect guy that you come in and be like, hey, Andrew, we're not asking you to start. We just need you to possibly be the swing tackle. And if something goes wrong, just you can sit over start there and to... drink some <laughs> right. like rifle coffee cup. Right. Yeah. And when we need you, we'll call you on the field. Right. We'll, make it, we'll
5: make it happen. The front <laughs> office is going to call and be like, hey, it's a three-way with Tom Brady. Why don't you yeah. talk to him for a little
1: yeah. bit? <laughs> uh, some of the guys that are available, I guess, at tackle, and I'm talking about veterans that have been starters in the league, uh, Jawan James, who was in Baltimore most recently. He's 31 years old. Eric Fisher's still out there. He was last with Miami. He's 32. Um, Justin Pugh, he was more of a guard, though. Yeah. And Taylor Lewan, I don't even know if that's how you say his last name. 32 yeah, years old, out of Tennessee. I mean, there's guys there. Uh, I mean, none of them are going to move the needle from an offensive line standpoint. But if you want a veteran tackle somebody that could come in and at least give you some sort of ease of mind yeah. and, and some sort of stability, then maybe you go and get some of those guys. I mean, you went and signed 40-year-old Jason Peters last year. I guess he was 39, but he was turning 40 by the time the season got done. So these guys are 31, 32, 34. It, I, it's a possibility that you could go out and get somebody. I just think that this organization recognizes
2: how close they are, mm-hmm. and I, I think they realize – I know they realize it because they were the moves they made this offseason and you know, what they did to go out there and get Cooks, to go out there and get Gilmore, right? They're they, they are, they're trying their, their best to what we call secure the bag. Um, I think it will be a mistake. Personally, I believe it will be a mistake to not give yourself a sure thing option for that scenario that has occurred every year for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. So I think that they need to prepare themselves for that. Obviously, free agency doggone um, Denver grabbed all the high dollar guys, right? Mm -hmm. That you, that you could ever imagine. But I still think that there has to be something that you can do, whether it's when this 90 man goes down to 53 and you go out there and try to hurry up and suit somebody up, or you go out there and you use some of these assets that you still have and you try to trade for it before guys start getting flipped around. Yeah, I just think that you have to secure that because it's, it's been a reoccurring problem and there's two position groups right now that none of us feel secure about. It's the backup office alignment, and it's the linebacker depth. Both of those spots, I feel like something has to be done to assure confidence going into this
1: year. And it may take that next step. It may take till next week, the middle of next week, whenever those, those roster cutdowns yep. do end up happening. Because it is. I mean, you think about the chaos that could ensue next week. <laughs> Because there aren't tiered cuts anymore. It's not one week, two week, three week, and then you're at fifty three from ninety to begin with. Twelve hundred players. It is ninety players to fifty three in one day across thirty two teams in the league. I mean, what is that?
5: 30, it's like, thirty-seven players, almost twenty seven
1: players. It's almost right, twelve hundred
2: players. Players.
5: players. One thousand one hundred eighty-four. Yeah. Good
2: math, I said. Yeah. Wow, I dropping the same day. It's like quarterback.
4: You, I wish. I That's wish like you quarterback guys. Matt. Could
5: have, <laughs> I, w- I wish.
4: I, was, I, I give wish. Give Bill you guys, Jones credit for that one. <laughs> I wish you guys could have seen like inside my mind when you guys are doing that. I'm like, oh, please don't come to me on this. Like, <laughs> it man. looks like
1: Zach Galifianakis, uh, like in the yeah, somebody's yeah, in or whatever movie. Yeah. That yeah was. Oh yeah. Yeah. So It's Got like the formulas facing in front of him. I couldn't
4: believe how bold you guys were throwing out these numbers. I'm like, there's no chance I'm going to even say a word here. John, you know it right <laughs>
1: <laughs> 30 37 players across 32 teams and, and and of course a lot of those guys are going to end up on practice squads and of course teams will try and keep their guys but there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching so maybe that's the next step in the process maybe that's what it takes and then after that you reevaluate but if if we were the front office if we were in the gm chair for this team where would you rank the priorities because I think in the offseason going into it, you were saying wide receiver was priority, corner was a prior, mm-hmm. priority, offensive line. You've gotten two of those taken care of. Out of the three, with running back being one, we'll say linebacker being two, offensive line being three. Where would you mix those in, I'm, in I'm order? Reversing your order. I'm okay. O line, linebacker, running back. Same. I think I'm the same way. 100%. Yep. Yeah. So there, there's maybe the, the thought process that mm-hmm. you have to go through next week because. You could use a guy at each one of those positions. I feel best about running back specifically because of what we've seen from Deuce Vaughn, Rico Dowdle. I feel much more comfortable there than I did maybe two weeks ago. Can we can we ask Black Rifle to send a package to our scouting department? Because they're going to need it.
2: They're going to need it. They're going to need it.
1: Black Rifle Coffee Company. I'll take my
2: one shot right here.
1: If you want this team to be successful, Black Rifle, That's right. send the scouting department, the pro scouting department. That's right. Uh, a shipment of your best ex- espresso. That's let's right. get it done. All yeah, right, it. let's get on a lot it. Of caffeine. We'll we'll put from Talking Cowboys <laughs> and Black Rifle Coffee with like a little hard on it or something. Yeah, it would be, be great. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, hit us on the text line, the Cowboys podcast text line, 817-290-3298. We'll take your questions, and we're going to take some calls, 888-855-2297. That's 888-855-2297 for the phone calls. We'll take some from Cowboys Nation when
0: we come back right after this.
3: ease your mind and let black rifle worry about your coffee supply go to blackriflecoffee.com to join the coffee club today want to use the cowboys locker room's
1: favorite products check out the official men's skincare brand of the dallas cowboys jack black Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping.
0: Hey, honey, can we talk?
1: Of course, what's up?
0: Well, I just thought you should know I've been curious about The new Dr. Pepper Strawberries and Cream.
2: (gasps) Have you felt this way a long time?
0: No, I just think I'd really like the taste of Dr. Pepper. Swirled with layers of flavor.
2: If you feel that way, I think you should try it, babe.
0: It's amazing. I mean, you're amazing, too. (laughs) New Dr. Pepper Strawberries and Cream. The new flavor you deserve. Back to Talkin'
1: Cowboys. This portion of Talking Cowboys is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome back in to Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, John, we talked about hype songs in that first segment. Before we take our text line at 817-290-3298 and take calls at 888-855-2297, I want you to give me your hype song.
4: What was it? So when you asked me earlier, I didn't want to say what mine was because I feel like it's outdated because I'm an old man now. But uh, I'm a huge DMX fan. And so in 1998, he came out with this album, It's Dark and Hell is Hot. Mm. And (laughs) I can listen to the whole thing. But so when I was playing high school basketball, our intro was always the intro to that. So it just has "Intro" is the name of it, mm-hmm. but it's the song that like Mike Tyson used to come out to all the time. It's the song that dun, Conor McGregor would come dun, out to dun, all the time, dun, dun, yeah. And then as soon as that song ends, it's only like maybe about ninety seconds. But as soon as that ends, it goes right into the Rough Riders' anthem. And so just like those two, you can just play them back to back like that. And I mean, there's I don't think there's anything for me that, that would top those. I kids. like that. I, I love gotta,
5: a good album run. Album uh, runs. Yeah, are just the all best. the way
4: down. I just I got a, a
2: visual of him run. coming out the tunnel. <laughs> oh, yeah. With so Mike I, Tyson with a towel over <laughs> his head, cut he's out.
1: He's got his phone, he's tweeting. <laughs> so he uh, got John tweeting yeah, on the on the phone all the <laughs> way through.
4: Because it's one of those songs that you really like, and I remember right around that time, I can't remember who Tyson oh, fought. And he came out with that and I was like Yeah, it was over. Yeah, every mean, Just go back to your locker room. You see
2: Tyson coming down with that. Does he have a towel? Cut out. <laughs> oh, screw that. Man, the match is over. Right. Mm, what would
1: your song be? What, did you have a song back oh, in the day? I have
2: I have many songs. I was about to I'm, say I'm you a DMX d- guy myself, but yeah. for me or for the crowd? Because that was a the yeah. question was about you for play. practice, right? Yeah. Turn it up. So if it was that practice, I would say Stand up and get crunk by Ying Yang Twins. Okay. okay, I think that crosses generations. For sure, right? and I think I think anybody yeah. with a pulse gets moving with that one. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's my that's my choice for for practice. Yeah. Let's say let's
1: keep. i not shooting in.
5: If we're staying in the time era, then I'll go trying to make it to heaven by uh, 50 cent. Ooh. Uh, just because that 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 definitely gets me going. But if we're talking current salute by future, so okay. Yeah. That's that's those future the future does, right does have a on. lot of those type of yeah. songs. Yeah. That, yeah he like, definitely does.
4: You can go for like a little bit where I don't feel like I'm hearing anything that really stands out yeah. like that, and then he'll just come out with a banger that you're yeah. just like, whoa, well, where did this come this from? This man's 43
5: but, yeah. putting out hits. Is he really 43? He's he's in his 40s. I know that. Okay. Yeah,
4: it's I did not think that at
5: all. Yeah, I know. I think he's way wild? younger than that. <laughs> mm. I, I don't know where I'm There's at. There's
3: nothing wrong with being 43, by the way. <laughs> no. Good. Yeah, nothing no. wrong being no. nothing, at nothing at wrong. You a lot, know, of, a lot of wisdom.
1: It's like a fine wine. <laughs> that <is> yeah, true. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, the... I don't know where I would go. I was really into like hard rock back in the day. I wasn't really like ever a rap guy. (laughs)
5: For real, yeah,
1: like like hard rock.
5: He's from Waco. Yeah, I
2: met somebody from Waco yesterday, and I thought about it. Did you? I promise you, you. didn't text me. I had a new client come in. I was like, "Where are you from?" She's like, "Waco." I I probably went to high school with (laughs) him. I'm not. She's a little younger. (laughs) Um,
4: That's. Okay. Yeah, you talking like Metallica or yeah, like like a little bit of Metallica. They were just in town. They were
1: great. Yeah, they were in at AT and T Stadium the other day. Did you were you jealous? Uh, Yeah, I was actually a little sad (laughs) because we were in Seattle. Um, I would love to go to that. Uh, like headstrong by trap. Do you remember that song? Yep. Yep. Like that was like big back in the day. Yeah, like late you don't 90s, know yeah. that one. Yeah, sorry. late '90s, early sorry. 2000s. Yes. Were you like, you like a headbanger? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh Jesus! I, I wasn't total... like like wear the black clothes all the way through need, and like I need like film. I need pictures. No, this I don't is the shortest. shortest. Is... Were you grunge?
4: No. This no, is, no. No. this is the shortest your hair has ever been. Yes. Everything. No, I used to <laughs> have has, the long
1: wavy. Nick can attest to this. I used to have the long wavy. Hair all the way through like high school and everything. Beamer and some research. I'll pull it up on Facebook. All I'm oh, thinking yes. about right
4: now is that, and I don't know, maybe it wasn't iconic to you guys, but to me was that ESPN commercial with John Clayton. Oh, it's like, yes. he, he was doing his like live read or whatever like that, and you know, he's obviously not some you think would get into Slayer or whatever like that, and then it's cut as soon as live read's over, and he just <laughs> like undoes his hair and he's got a ponytail, turns on this headbanger music. <laughs> And then yells ah. yells down to his mom that his set's done. Mom, done with my set. <laughs> and he's doing it upstairs in his room. Like,
1: jumps on his bed. He's got the Chinese food. Oh, he's got, like, chopsticks. So I'll tell you what.
4: Like, it's so good. I don't know. I don't remember the exact dates that there were, but from, like, I don't know, like, Late '90s to maybe 2005 or something like that. ESPN had so many of those good commercials like that where I think it was I think it was SportsCenter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, there was yeah, one there where, was where I want to say commercials. Was it? Was not the one with Stuart Romo Scott, where uh, like he was working the desk and then like they asked him for like an extension or something like that and he used the armband to like look yep. up who's. Yeah. Yep. Wasn't that one of those? Yep. I like sports
1: center one, yeah. I always yeah. like the one with like big poppy. That's and a great David one. David yeah. Ortiz yep. and Jorge Posadas right next to him the Yankees. And he was like, You don't even wear your hat right. And yeah, he pulls yeah. it up and he like bends the puts brim, the puts it hat. on. And then the Fenway mascot walks right. by, like the Red Sox mascot walks by, and he yeah. just like drops his books and like storms off. There were like just so many
4: good Stuart Scott ones, like oh, yeah. just... the Ovechkin Russian spy ones. Oh, that, yeah. one, oh, was that was one, say, one was that really good. Yeah, that one was good. Or
3: the one with the the elevator walk opens up and it's the New Jersey Devil's mascot. Yeah, yeah, going down, (laughs) going up, going up, and he looks at him and goes, "Nope." And he's like, "We'll take the next one." (laughs)
4: Got
1: some pictures. I don't want to put them on. No, no,
4: let's see. Well, I want to see it.
1: You want to be put put it on air? This is me and my buddy Kason. This is when we were doing a skit in uh, in high school. That's the hair.
4: Wow. Yeah. Okay. That was that was the hair. Not quite ponytail level, but okay. Yeah, not
1: ponytail level. I'm trying to find something. I don't think I ever had like ponytail level, but it was. I
4: mean, it was long. Isaiah's never been more disappointed in his life. You don't like it?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: all
1: right, let's uh, let's take our first call. Let's go out to Baltimore, Derek. In Baltimore, you're on talking Cowboys. How's it going?
5: I'm good. How's it doing, fellas?
1: Doing great. What what would be your hype song? First, a oh, hype
5: song? Yeah, I don't know
2: about a hype, hype hype song. I'm right now. I'm just all concentrating on these boys. Okay, that's that's that. a good way
1: to put it. You're all, all locked in. What what's on your mind?
2: Okay, I just watched the Redskins. Um, Baltimore game the other, um, the other day. Hold up, Cody. Okay, I'm just curious of uh, what team and division you think we are capable of, but we, we probably sweep this year, or do you think we're going to split against every division opponent?
1: Mm. That's a good one. Alright, great question. Thank you for calling in, as always. I'll start with you, Isaiah. Who is the lock to sweep? Uh, he's referring to the commanders there, of course, but do you think do you think there's multiple teams? Do you think there's a chance you sweep all of those teams? I don't know. I might have to go look at this doggone schedule. I can pull it up. I'll pull it up for us. What do you think, John? Just off the top uh, of your I head. I think they
4: go 4-2 and two in the division. I think they lose one to the Giants and one to uh, Philadelphia.
1: Okay. Do you think they'll lose a home game? Or do you think both
4: of those come on the road? I think they lose at home to the Giants. Okay. And they win the opener. So the opener at New York. Yeah. And then
1: week... They don't see another divisional opponent till week 9 at Philadelphia. First week of November uh, in Philly. Then you go at home
4: versus the Giants after that game. Yeah. So that would make sense. I wouldn't. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they went five one. I definitely do not see them sweeping it. I did. I think it'd be tough. Just if you asked me if they would sweep the Eagles, I think it would be tough to say it. Now that sure commander, sure I could see that uh, depending on where their season goes. Um, but I don't know. It's hard to say until they yeah until everybody touches it. It really is, and you don't know how healthy the team's going to be. I mean, heck if you just looked at the schedule last year from an opponent standpoint and you told them you're not, yeah, you're not going to have Dak Prescott for like this five game stretch, which includes like the Rams and the Bengals. And like, I don't think anybody would have had the Cowboys going four and one during that stretch without Dak Prescott. So it's so, it's so hard to project. But as I look at the rosters right now, like I clearly think it's a two team race. I think it's the Eagles and the Cowboys and then the Giants are next step down. And then Washington is, is a step down from them. But the other part that's you have to factor in is, and, and I know this might sound stupid and not have any logic to it, but just look at how this division's been since 2005. Like you just do not have repeat winners in the divi- to win the division. Yes. But the other thing is, is how often the team that you think is going to be the worst in the division ends up being one of the best. It's happened to the Cowboys multiple times over the years. I mean, 2014, uh, 2016. You know, I did not think that the Cowboys would win that division or even be in the conversation. You know, I remember one of those years out in training camp; I'll never forget it because it was the only time I've ever heard Jerry go like, "You know, it's going to be an uphill battle." I'm just mm. like Jerry Jones at the at wait the, a second, <laughs> yeah, at the training camp press conference, like the kick everything off, and it ended up being one of their best seasons. Yeah. And so, that's the only reason I don't completely slam the door on Washington as being like the clear fourth. I mean, I just when they went with Sam Howell, I'm like, I, I got I'm gonna have to see a little bit more just because it seems like they're pretty unproven there at that spot
5: the way the schedule is constructed in my eyes the opener i feel like that's uh that's an opportunity that everybody's used to playing on Sunday night to start the season on the road. I don't Mm -hmm. think, I I think they get that one Um, going at Philly. Don't think they get that one, but getting the giants the very next week, I think that's a good bounce back opportunity. So I say they sweep the giants split against Philly. And I say they split against Washington just because Mm -hmm. you have to go to Washington in week 18. We saw how that kind of happened last year. It was kind of like a, that was bad playoff layover, but who knows? Maybe they come in this year with that on their minds and like, Hey, let's, let's beat them by 40. So yeah.
1: (laughs) And let's not forget Washington has some, some pieces. They have Absolutely. some talent, especially defensively. They still have a pretty solid front seven. Their defensive line is still pretty good. As long as they can stay healthy, you get them late in the season. And and if your offensive line's worn down, that could be a, a tough matchup. And we just talked about the offensive line depth and how it could stretch late into the season. So I think, just to give my answer, I think they sweep the Giants. I I don't I just I don't know. I I could see them being tight games, but For I just sure. think they're better. Uh, especially if, if Dak is healthy and he's your quarterback, I think you're going to sweep the giants. I think you sweep Washington, even with it being that last game. And then I think you split against Philly, but I think it's going to be a flip sweep. I think you lose at home and then you win on the road is where I think I, that's my weird prediction. Cause it just never seems to go the way you think against Philly Yeah, and in the M- NFC East in general. So uh, I think this team is good enough to win the division Are they a lock to win the division? Absolutely not. This is a tough division. Three teams made the playoffs last year for a reason. You're going to have to earn your keep in the NFC East, no doubt about it. Uh, From the 5-1-2, which duo has the most impact this season? CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks, Trayvon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore, Micah Parsons, and Demarcus Lawrence. Those are the three duos. I like that question. What was that?
2: So I like that question. Um, That's they all one. go hand in hand, right? Um, I'm gonna hmm, Let's go with Trayvon and Gilmore. Mm. Why um, is that? Because of the defense line. <laughs> you hate CD Lamb? No, I don't hate CD Lamb. You hate Micah Parsons? Not at all. <laughs> I I think Micah Parsons, and D Law, and the rest of their committee up there are going to do wonders for Trayvon Diggs and mm-hmm. Stephon Gilmore. So they're gonna be the benefactor of the front seven pressure. That Wouldn't that
1: are. mean that the most impactful if the impact comes from the defensive line? That's what I'm, I'm saying. They, they go hand in hand. hand. You <laughs> can say you
2: can say both, right? I mean, you could, <laughs> you can say both. I mean, because coverage coverage allows for the for the D line to get home too. Sure. So yeah. it's it's kind of hard to separate those two. But I, I think I think that tandem
4: of cornerbacks is going to be a complete problem for a lot of teams. And having both those guys makes me really believe they have a legit shot at being the league leader in takeaways for a third straight mm. year, which is just silly to think of because sure. it's gone since the early 70s even have a back-to-back to to if they were to lead the league three years in a row like that just that's a that's such a huge outlier but they have the piece to do it but for me it it's, it's got to be lamb and cooks just because of the fact of i just love how much they line them up together and how much they can play off of each other and i think their skill sets fit each other uh, cooks being the savvy veteran you know yeah you could have maybe you know Obviously, we saw some times here where they had, you could say, "quote unquote," two number ones with with Amari and C.D. Like, I just think the way Cooks and C.D. Lamb fit together, it's like the perfect one-two punch. Uh, I would try and have them as close to each other as possible, uh, just because like it forces the safety have to make a decision, and both of them are just huge play, big play threats. And then the other part of it is, is that there's like a big drop off from me between them two and everybody else with who Dak's most comfortable with, at least what I've seen from these practices. And when I say that it's because, you know, you don't have Schultz who was obviously like a Dak safety blanket. And that could be Ferguson. That might be Luke Schoonmaker, who knows? But as we see it right now or as I see it right now, like Lamb and Cooks are just like they just seem like I mean, they're just lockstep with with Dak, knowing exactly where he's going to be, where the throws are going to be. I was to, I was toying with both
5: of these answers. My answer is going to be Trayvon and Stephon, but I hope the answer eventually becomes Lamb and Cooks, just mm-hmm. because uh, we we saw what a lack of playmakers did to this offense whenever it mattered last year. So, uh, having these guys ready to go whenever Week eighteen, Week nineteen, playoffs come around, you know, it's it's I would love for that to be the answer.
2: It, it's kind of scary. I'll say I say it's scary because. As good as Gilmore and Diggs can be together, I don't know if we're if Dallas is at a point where they've created enough of a deterrent to not for teams to not attack them the way that they always have, which is on the ground, right? So yeah. there's a deterrent on the outside. I don't want to throw the ball either yeah, way. Right. So knowing that I don't want to throw the ball, now what am I going to do? i yeah. got to run it, right? And obviously Hankins is back. Big Mozzie Smith is still learning. Right? Is there enough of, of, of a deterrent on the interior defensive line now to really just t- change the team's um, approach? And I just don't know.
4: Yeah, especially with the questions but that depth at linebacker, too. Yep. I mean, that's a that's thing that teams are going to do. They're going to yep. try and run at them. And if you can stop it, then that's great. And then you're that, playing right in their hands, but they're going to make you try and, and beat them that way.
5: I've talked about this with Nick Eatman. to start the season, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, Week three, James Conner. Does that even count as kind of a layup, though? <laughs> week four, Zeke. Week five, who's week five? I'm that is the San you know. Fran. Yeah. McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. And then Austin Eckler before you go into your bye week. So they're going to get that running game. They're going to have to get that running game figured out very early on. It's so funny because. That's baptism by fire.
1: The, the front part of your season is loaded with. Tailbacks and and sporadically wide receivers, <laughs> and then you got the receivers, <laughs> and then and then <laughs> exactly. you've got the middle of your 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 schedule that has, of course, Cooper Cup, uh, Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, the Giants, and all their short wide receivers, and then you've got at the end of the season you've got the quarterbacks, you've got mm. Jalen Hurts, Geno Smith, Kyle Allen, Tua Tagovailoa, Jared Goff, like it's all that at the back end. So it's almost like your your schedule's cut in thirds. First third is Run game, middle third is weaponry
4: on the outside, and then the last third is quarterbacks, and that's kind of where it's. Of course, there's the outliers. reason I agree with Isaiah on the on the running back part of it because even when you say that to me, I think of just going into those Vikings games the last couple of years because yeah. I think Justin Jefferson's the best receiver in the league, and the way that they were able to neutralize him yeah. because of you know having Diggs and some of the stuff, in the, and now you add Gilmore to that, I can deal with like even one of those guys, one of those receivers maybe having a big. It's the running game though that could really gouge you and then it keeps your offense off the field. And then it's keeping your defense on the field, for these long, you know, drives and wearing them down. That would be, that's a way bigger concern for me than those big name receivers. Yeah. I,
1: I, I'm trying to even think about it. I think I agree with you. I think I do. I think it's Gilmore and, and Diggs that make the biggest impact because it, you've had Micah and D and law you've had, CeeDee Lamb and another wide receiver before, but you've never seen Diggs and Gilmore in two high-end corners on this defense. I think it does open things up a little bit defensively, and it allows some of those guys to run free. I think if Mozzie Smith can continue to grow too and Jonathan Hankins can continue to to – push the role that he had last year then all of a sudden those defensive end guys yep. are going to get after it and I'm not even just talking about D-Law and, and Micah I'm talking about Dorrance and Sam Williams and
4: some of the guys behind him as well Dor- that, or Dante Fowler when you said about the Parsons Lawrence thing I was like well them two you know it's yeah that's going to be that's going to be tough but it's also that next wave because that reminds me of like those Giants teams yeah. that you know going into those seasons you were never like oh well the Giants will probably be in the Super Bowl but you know Eli Manning played well at key moments, but it was really that defensive front. It wasn't just like they had one good. It wasn't just O.C. It wasn't just Strahan. I mean, they just had waves, you know, talk and all that. That that's what makes me think Matthias Kiwanuka, That that's mm-hmm. what makes me think if Sam Williams can take the jump, that it looks like he's capable of taking as as a player. Then all of a sudden, you could potentially have three guys double digit sacks. You know, that maybe even four. Who knows? But so you couldn't do math, but you could pull these names out of a hat like that <laughs> oh, earlier. Yeah, yeah. No man up. Math was always like one of those subjects in school where you know, your teacher over there, yeah, your teach your teachers would sit there and they'd be like, uh, you know, you're gonna have to learn this because you're not gonna have a calculator around you all the time. And I'm just like, yes, <laughs> yes, I, yes will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got to take
1: our second break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. We got a couple more questions. We got a couple hype songs on the text line as well. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what the fans are thinking. When we come back with more talking cowboys,
0: Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah Savannah.
3: Go online at blackriflecoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's blackriflecoffee.com to fuel up today.
1: Want to use the Cowboys' locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper.
2: Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you?
1: This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Back here from the SWBC studios with Isaiah Stanback, John Machoda, Nick Harris. I'm Kyle Yeomans. All right, we've got some, some hype songs. How about Still DRE from Dre? Himself. That It says first two minutes, first couple minutes. That's kind of the, the West one. West Coast, I'm with you. That West instrumental Coast? is crazy. That yep. instrumental
5: is wild. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Then you've got Melody from St. Louis. Uh, she says... Nelly? Melody. <laughs> Melody. <laughs> yeah, right. No, no, I'm just saying uh, Nelly, say it. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, uh, God Bless Texas by Little Texas. Wow. Yeah. Wow. A little oh, bit okay. different. Fully expected country through. grammar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a couple, couple good ones all the way through. Uh, All right, as we wrap things up, going into preseason game number three this weekend, Vegas on tap, 7 p.m. Central Time. Isaiah, you'll be in the booth uh, with Bill Jones, Michael Irvin. Give me one position group that has to have their best preseason performance. Position group as a whole, and it could be as deep of a position group as you want, or it could be maybe just one guy in that position group. I'm going to go right back to the offensive line.
2: I think you still are trying to find your guy like who are your next handful of guys that you could depend on and, and rely on right um so that's where my attention goes I think there's still a lot to be uncovered there a lot, a lot to be shown um I don't I don't have a ton of confidence right now in that group
4: mm. that's a great one that would probably be my number one but um kicker still high on my still list kicker. I just I want to see him pick some <laughs> meaningful field goals you know um For me, I would love it to be one of those games where he he Brandon Aubrey kicks three extra points and three field goals. Like I'd love for to see him have that many opportunities just to see what it looks like there. And maybe there's other things that are more important than that, but it just that's a guy that there's no depth chart there. It's are you the guy? And if you are, you could be asked to make some really huge kicks starting week one immediately. Big time plays that you have to make. And so uh, yeah, that's pretty high on my list.
5: I'm going to focus on the interior offensive line specifically, uh, just because there's a lot of guys that have had up and down camps, up and down preseasons in that group. Uh, You could start with uh, Matt Farniok. You could start with Brock Hoffman, who did really well in the first preseason game at center and really struggled at left guard in the second preseason game. Um, Awesome Richards, whenever he's sliding into left guard, which I feel like he's done really good work inside uh it, Just somebody that can step up in that interior and make me feel a little bit more comfortable, <laughs> and uh, preferably not a rookie, you know, because yeah. I, I know those guys are going through a process right now, so that's a little bit different. Yeah. You know, I, I want to see Farniak. You know, that's a draft pick. That's a guy that I want to see step up when it's time, and I just haven't felt that.
2: And when, and when I say offensive line, it's just to your point. A lot of these guys are young, yeah, and they just aren't the guys that they're going to be yet. So. It's just a waiting game. You're, they're going to – hopefully they're going to get to the point where you can rely on them and they can be consistent players. But right now, in terms of contributions, if they if something happened in practice, we've, we've seen a number of guys go down as of late, unfortunately. If something was to happen like that on the offensive front right now, you would be, be running around here with your hair on fire, and invisible yeah. fire like Will Ferrell. It just – Talladega Nights. Don't let the invisible fire burn, my friend. You would be running around right now like crazy because you don't have that guy that you can say, you know what? All right, good. We're still good. Yeah. You don't feel that right now.
1: Do any teams in the NFL have that guy? I'm not sure. I mean, do the 32 or 31 other teams in the NFL have that same problem though? Cuz I I feel like there is an offensive line crisis in the league as a, as a whole. I mean, Dallas has tried to address
2: this. Sure. Right, they, they they got Ball, they got go I mean, they've been working towards this, right? They got Tyler Smith. They they've drafted guys.
1: Tyler Smith was an investment, but Ball and go were day three picks that they're hoping pan out.
2: Absolutely, they're hoping, right? But same thing with Farniak, injury riddled, right? And then also some of the progress has been slowed. Sure. So I mean, yeah. so some of these things that they planned just haven't panned out. So it's not like they weren't aware and they didn't try to address it. It's just the game plan hasn't went the way that they've hoped. So now is that I think it's at a point in time. In their year, where they're like, we have to. We, I believe that they need to. They need to pull the trigger and make something happen, just to, just to put their mind at ease. Because I, there's too much writing on this year to have a question mark at that, a big spot like and that, that. A big spot that you historically has always put you in a position where you have to fill that void.
4: Yeah, I, I look at it. as I, I, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know all the depth charts of all the other teams. So I'll just compare it to the one team that I cover, and that's when Jason Garrett took over as head coach they were really weak on the offensive line. You know, the first draft pick that they made when he took over as head coach was Tyron Smith. And so it still wasn't like, oh, we drafted Tyron, everything's fixed. So it took a couple years. And I would say after 13, they get Travis Frederick. Right around that time, you know, then 14, they start. So from that time, 13, 14, until now, this is the most concerned I've been about that. Like, Mm -hmm. I've always felt like there's at least been some guys who are like, yeah, if they need so-and-so, they can step up. That's why I say, if I feel that way, they must. They have to feel that way, and that's why I say I don't think that the six, my six offensive lineman necessarily is even on the team right now, yeah. and also because of the fact of what they did last year when they went and got Peters, Anthony Barr, T.Y. Hilton, Jonathan Hankins. Like they were not going to leave. Uh, some question mark positions up just to be, well, maybe somebody will step up. Like You have to be a little aggressive there. Yeah.
5: Do you feel like this trends more to a reality if someone goes down, it's similar to last year, where they put Josh Ball in for the rest of the game, that's his tryout, and if it doesn't work out, go get Jason Peters or someone like that. Quote-unquote Jason Peters. Yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you were saying
4: earlier. A potential pickup, like potential a veteran pickup. Pick yeah. Well, yeah. if it's I feel if like a player that's trend. on another team, I think right now that you're trying to get off of maybe cuts or some type of a trade, I think you get away with that. But if it's a player like some of those names that Kyle mentioned that haven't been playing. You need them to just even be in the facility so that they're ramping up for if that situation happens. Because if you call one of those guys that he mentioned right after, like, you don't want to throw them out there right now, you know, right off of, you know, who knows what they're doing. I just saw a good quote the other day about they asked Bill Belichick why. I guess the Patriots have signed a bunch of guys from the USFL, XFL-type guys, and he's like, that's because they're coming off seasons, and we know that they can come in right away and give you something. They might not be as talented as some other guys, but a lot of times when you work out guys that have been not part of the training camp process, it takes them a t- you know some time to catch Weeks. up, whereas at least we know these guys can come in and do something right now. They might not be as talented, but we know that they can kind can of hit the ground running. Yeah, That's know. an
1: interesting wrinkle. I mean, it's true. I mean, you've seen it a couple different times. I mean, look at what Kevante Turpin did last year in the preseason coming yep, off of right. a season like that. And uh, I, I think there's there's levels to it for sure. I, to answer the original question, I think offensive line is the easy answer for for me as well. But I'll flip it to the interior of the defensive line. i want to see Mozzie Smith have his best performance. Yeah, I'm going to see him step up because there were times in that Seattle game where he was getting turned, he was getting pushed off the ball, he looked like a first-year player. I need him to look like a first-round player. I wanted to switch a little bit for him. Uh, and there's flashes, no doubt. There's flashes of it, and and it's one player too, but I want it to be more consistent, and I want it to continue forward, especially whenever you give up uh, 4.5 yards per carry and 141 yards on the ground. So I want the defensive tackles, and I want the first-round pick, Mozzie Smith. To, uh, to have a better week in week three. But again, 7 p.m. Central Time kickoff. Catch Isaiah on the call. Good luck, my bud. Appreciate you, bro. Get after it Appreciate on you. Saturday. For John Machoda, for Nick Harris, for Isaiah Standback, Chris Beam in the back, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the SWBC studios. We'll see you next week on more Talking Cowboys.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!